Hello and welcome back to another new episode of the Partners in Crime podcast, where we bring you the news of the week in terms of the last time that we talked to you and try to spread some fun, you know, little tidbits, little uh, things that we like to get excited about and we think you may too. So anyways, we're back with another new episode of the show. As always, I am Alex. And I'm Esteban. And we're back ready to have a fun time you know i feel like we have a lot of fun doing this together i mean can wow. you wow. can can you lower the gun to my head before you make that statement mm, say it okay <laughs> we have fun doing this podcast <laughs> together <laughs> thank you for your enthusiasm no but this after breaking my foot again i broke my foot this has been like the one thing that i've been looking forward to cuz i do not go anywhere yeah i was um I was talking to you when you got here because your car was in the driveway. And I was like, how did you do that? I can still use my other foot. Just, I know, just. It's not like. Uh, I like to assume you're useless right now. It's like the reverse phantom like limb. When someone loses their limb, they think they can still like grab stuff. Just because I broke my foot, I can't use the other one now. Yeah, you got to sympathize. You know, that one starts hurting because the other one. I mean, when you start calling me crippled, yeah, I'll start sympathizing. I don't call you that. That's rude. Sorry, not to my face. I, I would never. So watch your mouth. Anyways, we have another full episode for you. We're going to bring you news um, regarding the Fast and the Furious. We're going to talk about some He-Man news uh, for a sh- is it a movie, right? It's a show. Yeah, a show. Okay, well, we'll get into it. Um, some Dungeons and Dragons for oh, those yeah. who enjoy the world of D&D. Um, the new Halo trailer dropped. And we're going to get into that. Um, Flash season nine, that show's still going on, and then it was announced to continue. <laughs> uh, James Gunn, some news regarding the Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as Peacemaker. And then we're going to end with a little bit of DC news, talking about the Joker. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right in. Um, Jason Momoa came out this week, uh, news came out this week about Jason Momoa officially joining Fast and the Furious 10. Um, you know, I didn't know what the role would be, but you wrote here villain. Yeah. Um, which, you know what? It's interesting with Jason Momoa. I love Jason Momoa, and it's always that he plays this brooding, um, reluctant hero. You know, the, it's the way that he portrayed um, Aquaman. I feel like that's kind of like his thing lately. Um, yeah. But I'd like to see him as a villain. Uh, the only time that I remember... Um him playing a villain was early on when he was just getting into Hollywood as far as, you know, big time stuff. It was that movie with Sylvester Stallone, Bullet to the Head. Oh, he was in that. Yeah, he, they Didn't had that epic uh, axe fight because that's what big men do is they fight with axes. This is a, It was a, literally a movie called Bullet to the Head, <laughs> and they're like, let's use yeah. axes. You know, one you could consider him kind of a villain in call, as called Drogo. Yeah, yeah. You know, um I mean, like, like the first episode that he's in. Well, yeah, I think the first few. Maybe yeah, 3. Yeah, I guess. 3 or 4. Um you can kind of consider him I mean, he wasn't the greatest guy. I mean, I guess sexual assault does constitute, you know, a villain, so Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think he fit But the, he had a heart world. of gold, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think uh and then he he was also Conan the Barbarian. That being mm-hmm. said, um, Conan's it was awful. kind of. Yeah, I didn't see that movie actually. I saw bits and parts of it. It's 
Not worth it, huh? It belongs in the 80s. It's it's a great 80s film, With but it belongs in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I understand them wanting to remake certain properties. Uh, I could have done without that one. Um, but this comes on the news of, obviously, Momoa just finished recently filming Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. He is going to be in another, you know, we're just speaking of remakes, uh, The Crow, which originally starred Brandon Lee. I thought uh, that was dead. No, I'm pretty sure that's happening. In fact, I think I saw pictures of him hmm. uh, in the Oh, you know what makeup. that is? No, The the Crow was canceled, in like, for sure. Okay. But the set pics of him... Um, in like what was it ward- wardrobe right uh, test costume like test costume test yeah, yeah they had him with the paint test. and everything so it was just release footage oh that's a shame yeah yeah um, well okay regardless you know we know that he finished um, his second Aquaman um, and due out at the end of this year yeah near the end of this <laughs> year I believe November maybe October um, and then now we know even though you know these movies keep getting de- delayed uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, he will be in the in Fast and Furious 10. Yeah. Well, it says here, this is from The Hollywood Reporter. It says, Jason is in final negotiations to join Vin Diesel and the rest of the starry ensemble cast in what is being called Fast and Furious 10 as a working title. <laughs> it's probably the best one. I mean, aren't the they all just the numbers now? Well, it was fast. It was... Okay, so they really derailed with when they came when they all came back for not the Fast and the Furious, but just it was Fast and, fast and Furious. Well, because there was Fast Five. Fast Five works. Then it was just Fast and Furious Six. You know, I remember there was the Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Can't do it. Too fast, too furious." Right. Which is my f- that's a great favorite. one. I yeah. love that one. Um, and then Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And then they came back and they did Fast and the Furious Four. Yeah. Then they did Fast Five, which is arguably the best one. Yeah. Um, which is the one with the first. I one would say rock. the first one, and then Fast Five. I think, um, in terms of what those movies are now, Fast Five is the best of the formula that they're trying to put out there, where it's like we're not just race movies anymore. Um, and then here's The Rock, who played it's one of his better t-shirt sweaty guy. Same character roles, right? And they did. The, they, I think it's when they're in Brazil. The buff, kind of not buff, Vin Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> and, in, and he does the "We're in Brazil." You know, he yells yeah. in his face, you know. Yeah. And then they steal the uh, safe at the end of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that in that formula that they've been doing since Fast Five, it's the best one. If you're treating it as like what that series was and should be, yeah, the first one's the best. Yeah, it goes one, two, three. Before it gets all weird. You know? Well, then, because Fast Six was just called Fast and Furious Six. I don't mm-hmm. think it had like a title or a play on words like the other ones did. And then Fast Seven was just Fast Seven or right. Fast and the Furious. The title card says Fast and Furious Seven, which mm-hmm. is what they had. But everybody they called it the second F Seven. The, the yeah, and then the the one that confused me the most was Eight because it it was F Eight. Mm-hmm. And then of the furious, so a lot of people just it was fate like fate of the furious, fate of the furious. <laughs> and so I think it, it's you know these movies are like a perfect example of what of what like meme culture is, because okay. everybody was like, well, what are they going to do for you know the next one? They're going to go to space, 
And then they went to space. They went to space. (laughs) I think that they they just... Strapped rockets on cars and went to space. I really think they just kind of troll the internet and they're like, what what crazy stuff is this guy saying now? Um, Oh, they should go against dinosaurs? Maybe. You know, it's like... I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I I don't know exactly because I think there's two more or there's one more. I think there was. I think he said there was two more that he had. Yeah, and I I know that uh, the one that the next one, as I mentioned a second ago, has been delayed again, right? um, And pushed back again. For I mean, probably pandemic related, but um, I I don't know if I saw like a specific Mm -hmm. reason or whatever. Well, there was that whole controversy with. Vin Diesel and um, The Rock. And everybody, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, Vin Diesel is kind of like, without the Fast and Furious franchise, he would have been one of those... Uh, hey, he's Riddick. Yeah, hey, because he's the last X. Riddick movie was a uh, renaissance for that man. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, well, you know what's funny is, um, you know, he did the Fast and the Furious movies, he did the first Riddick, and he did Triple X around the same time. And then I want to say that the second Riddick that they did was awful. Was lo- not well. I mean, yeah, but it was like the first non-Fast and the Furious movie he did in a while. I feel well, he like. did. Um, I think and besides um, the Pacifier, <laughs> where he's like a secret agent that gets stuck. Wasn't he like, like the Tooth Fairy mini. also? Oh no, wait, no that, that was, was the, rock. the Rock. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. He did the Triple X sequel eventually. Uh, I thought the Triple X sequel, because there was this Triple X uh, State of the Union or whatever, and that was Iced Cube. Iced Cube. Iced Cube. No, sorry. Because I, w- I always <laughs> initially go, is it Iced T or Iced Cube? And oh, I know yeah. who Iced T is. Law and Order. Oh. It was Ice Cube. <laughs> His uh, star-making role of Law and Order. Nothing else. Nothing else. Um, the man did nothing else. Uh, no. Uh, he did He did Triple um, X. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Like okay. the, the newest one, which was terrible, where he has yeah. like a like a motorcycle on skis for some reason. Those are called snowmobiles. Oh, no, no, no. This is what he does. He, (laughs) um, no, it's a literal (laughs) motorcycle strapped to like a snowboard. I wish I was making that up. Something like, like, I remember seeing the trailer for that. Just shaking my head. Well, he is, um, I think it's the opening sequence of the movie where he is lock him in quick with those action sequences. Well, I don't know if they should have locked in this one, (laughs) but it was, I think it was him on skis. In the like, jungle, you heard me. I don't think that uh, skis would be the best form of transportation in the jungle. Well, the screenwriters did, and that's what they went. For. I could be wrong. Water but skis? I, you know what? I want to honestly bring up the clip, but I kind of don't want to. That's <laughs> okay. We'll look at the it typing. Afterwards. No, but um, anyway, but he had a falling out with Dwayne Johnson for a while, and there yeah. was like a public thing where I think. Vin Diesel was like, hey, like, I think he called him, like, Uncle Dwayne. Or, no, no, no. He said um, it's time to, like, accept our fate or fulfill our destiny. Being really weird. and Yeah, he tried to get him to come back, but he put it all on, like, social media. Yeah, instead of, the like. the Rock wasn't happy about. Like, that, that's. Um, He's like, it's time we fulfill our destinies and give back together for the. It's like clearly, something like that. Like it's like clearly he has no idea where these movies are going because he's like, I need this guy back. Serious? Well, he they did the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, and that right. one did really well. That, yeah, and my friend Ricardo, who is like the biggest Fast and the Furious fan that I know, um, he 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 practically likes Hobbs and Shaw more at this point, even though he is really excited about Momoa joining. Um, but, but I've just kind of stopped really paying attention to those movies. 
But I mean, after the, the only, I, I honestly think that you can, um, you can stop after five or you can even skip four, three in my opinion. So watch, I mean, two is not the greatest twos. I really like two, but it's probably because we grew up with it, it. It was the one that I watched the most, mm-hmm. Yeah. um, as a, as a younger lad, um, right. cause I, I loved it. In fact, you and I play Rocket League now, and the car that <laughs> yeah. I use in that game is the Skyline yeah, from Skyline. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I looked I'm it up. Fan. I looked it up on YouTube, and the what it comes up as, mm-hmm. um, that's what it was called. Uh, it came out in 2017. Wow. Triple uh, X wow. Return of Xander Cage. Right, then that's just Xander Cage. That's like, uh, and right after it, it man, says, "What an action star name!" You know what I mean? Right after it says, "Skiing in the jungle." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I have to watch that after this. At first, when I started saying it, I was like, "No, that sounds too stupid." But no, he's on skis and he's jumping off of a radio tower into the jungle. I just. D- and he's flipping the somebody off he, like the, the it was like a uh, soldier <laughs> or like security or something. Wow, that is uh, horrible. He's um, skiing he's in skiing the jungle downhill, like downhill sides. No rocks. That nothing. is the worst. He's doing some tricks and everything. Yeah, that is an example of the type of movie that doesn't work anymore. You know, we talked about the new Matrix and how it kept kind of the corny action aspects that worked in the late 90s early 2000s right. that don't anymore and this is a good example of stuff that doesn't work anymore um in well, movies without coming off as insanely cheesy well these are these are 80s movies that's what I, yeah so i, I mean they, that's what i'm that saying all it's, logic is out the out the window it's gone yeah it's um gone. but yeah he was talking about uh how you know, his kids still call him Uncle Dwayne, like trying to tug at his heartstrings, maybe. And then he said something. The, the, the real thing that The Rock took issue was with when Using he was kids. like, no, he was like, we got to do it for Pablo, Paul Walker. Right. That too. And he went to social media and said, don't use your kids. Don't, don't use, use Paul. Paul. Like, yeah. be classy. Like, I'm. he said he will never come back to do that which is now that doesn't say Hobbs and Shaw yeah he's just not doing it with them I mean the rock does everything it seems like right. that he's approached with Jungle right. Cruise you know he's doing an, I'm sure I'm pretty I'm sure they're gonna do another Jumanji he's doing everything well he's got his Black Adam movie coming out yeah I, yeah that too but that's not an example of uh, just the kind of movies I'm talking about oh, that's yeah. gonna be cool I'm talking like he's clearly doing whatever 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 and like, what so, yep, seems cool yeah you know so it's like he Definitely just does not want to be involved with D- Vin Diesel, I guess. I was going to call him they had Diesel. A, the, the D's. <laughs> he doesn't want to be involved with the Diesel. <laughs> well, they had like that big falling out after Fast and Furious 8. S- I think Because he, was he wasn't only, in the Fast and Furious 9. I thought he was only in like two of them. He was in Fast 5. 5 and 6. I think he was at the end of 6. Mm. And I then he comes back for 7. Yeah, he does because they throw him off a roof or whatever, and he mm. falls in a SUV, you know, thirty stories down, and all he has is a broken arm. Um, oh, and then that that's why seven. he's out of it for the. Then that was of it. his last one. And then Fast and Furious Eight. He came back for another one. Yeah, he pushes a rocket on the ice or whatever. Um, you were a big fan. I just know all the dumb parts because I watch a compilation video of all the <laughs> dumb stuff that you know the Fast and Furious comes Gotta out. Check that out. But yeah, Fa- Fast and Furious 9 came out last year, and he wasn't in it. 
Yeah. It was like peak COVID era. So I really it, feel like it was. I feel like it was more than just the last one, but whatever. It's not. But a big um. Deal. But yeah. So th- you can see that Vin Diesel is trying to get an audience pull. You know, with you know, the, with the Rock. With the Rock is a big absence. It's it's a main draw. Like if if it's the Rock like, wasn't in Jungle Cruise, I don't think anybody <laughs> would see that movie. No. Yeah, you're right. People will see the Fast movie if the Rock is in because there are people who just love the Rock. You know, right? Um, which makes sense. But I think he's going to try to, you know, close that gap and try to, um, you know, get that star power. I mean, he tried to do it with John Cena in the last one. You know, he tried, yeah. Because John Cena and. He said the same thing when he brought Statham in, even though he Statham. had The Rock still. And I mean, this is just like a, a another opportunity of him trying to bolster that because, you know, Aquaman made a billion dollars. You know, he's he's a hot commodity. Yeah. What's the last movie he made? Momoa? Um, was it Aquaman or? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, he was uh, in that Apple TV series, but I, that wasn't really. Yeah, he's been notable. doing a lot of long form TV series. Right. He was he was in that one. Oh, he made uh, a movie with um, that girl that played uh, Dora the Explorer, the live action one, where oh, he's yeah. like, it's kind of like, uh, I'm your dad, you're my daughter, I gotta protect you and right. training you or whatever. But uh-huh. um, but yeah, I mean, he does have some star power some pull yeah. with his stuff so yeah. i mean maybe if he's a villain again it's not like it's gonna make or break this movie because these movies are terrible and they're gonna get their you know income of people who just like seeing the crazy stuff that well the majority doing. of the income it, it, i i don't want to say this as a fact but the majority of the income does come from overseas sure um, fair enough you know uh, box office so uh, it does do well here i remember i worked with this guy and he was just all about it. He was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the new Fast and Furious coming out. And and he was all, like, bummed when it got delayed because of COVID and everything. And I was, he was, he, like, binge watches, watches all of them. And I'm just like, why? Why? And this was, like, a total Chad kind of dude. Like, he was just, I was like, oh, that's why. Oh, he's a future dad movie guy. But current. I guess. He's currently all about it. He's just not a dad yet. Yeah. Fair I enough. said Chad. Well, you, but you know the the dad movie genre. No, dad movies are like the Expendables. Oh, the, you yeah. know, um, fat. It's mo- explosions. So eighties movies lacks. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Lacks a lot of story, action driven. You know, Just dad, like dad movie, yeah, Predator, yeah. the new one. You know, like not the classics because everyone loved those when they came out. But it's like. The guys, the dads, the older dudes that like like the remakes, like the right. Adrian Brody Predator. They're like, yo, this is great. That one wasn't bad. Yes. Predators was good. I'm saying for the sake of some movies, it's it's not that dad movies are always bad, but it's that they fall under this genre. You know, um, Live Free or Die Hard is a dad movie. <laughs> die Hard number one is not a dad movie. Right. Does you you kind of see what I'm going with here? A no time to no die time hard. No time to die hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lordy. I think we saw that one. Did we see that one? I would not have said yes to do that, no. I think or I think me and my other buddy did it. Yeah, we watched okay. it, and it was just, it was terrible. It was just Jai Courtney and Bruce oh, Willis. right. I forgot he's in that one. He's his son or something, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. just w- running around CGI Russia. Yeah, I think they did one more after that. But no, that was it. I that don't was... care. I really okay. don't. So, anyways, that's what's working in the world of The Fast and the Furious. If we continue to see updates regarding that film, I'm sure we'll tap into it. We're going to move into the world of what will be a Netflix series. 
Um, and the He-Man show, which has been in like development purgatory for a while now, mm-hmm. um, appears to have its He-Man. You know, we're moving from a Jason Momoa story, a man that's He-Man-like in real life, to the man that they cast to play He-Man in this new live-action show, Kyle Allen. I know his face. I'm not very familiar with him overall. And I'm also not a huge He-Man fan. Um, But I'll leave it to you to give me your thoughts on this casting of Kyle Allen uh, in the role of He-Man himself. Um, the only relation that I had to like He-Man was the, I think it was like the 2002 remake they did on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network. And it was pretty cool. They, it was all right. updated, um, animation. It was like the new era where like CGI and 2D animation kind of crossed. So it was cool. It it was like not a dark and gritty take on it or an updated take, but, um, it was a, it was a way to introduce the current the audience modern. or our general or our generation or yeah. our demographic, but it only lasted for like two seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this and and this is a show, um, for Netflix. But let's yes. see, he's been in. He was in West Side Story. That was his last notable appearance. So that's recent. That's recent, right? Yeah, that was last year, um, December. Yeah. Um, he was in American Horror Story. I'm just listening. Oh, stuff that's off. why I recognized him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and that's pretty. Like, like, that's the only thing that I can really see where he has any kind of notable stuff. But um, well, ideally, he's a big fella, um, because He Man is himself a big fella. You know, I didn't really. Again, I didn't love the TV show when it was out when I was younger. In fact, if I was picking a show with a humanoid buff male character that had a big, you know, intense sword, I was going with Thundercats. <laughs> um, to be honest, which but, I'm surprised they have yet to make any you know, kind of live action. It's the same thing with this. Um, you know, people have talked about doing a live action He-Man in some capacity for a long time because, they, you know, everything has been turned into some kind of live action eventually, I mean, right? But it's like Thundercats right. would be really hard to do live action and be taken seriously, right. you know. And it's also there's been such a while. Such a span of time since Thundercats was popular to now, if it was coming out, people would be like, what? Why? Right. What is this? I, I think I said on this podcast um, that I always oh, thought. Yeah, the other podcast you're on? Uh, that's, I have five. <laughs> um, sure. Oh, they're all by myself and they have one listener. <laughs> Me. No, uh, I, I, I think, well, I think I mentioned it before that if, I think it was right after Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out, that if James Gunn was able to do something like a He-Man or a Thundercats, I feel like he would put a crazy twist, kind of like how you did with the Guardians movie, or even Taika Waititi. I can see Taika Waititi taking a stupid concept, not a stupid concept, but like an overly cheesy kind of idea for like a toy line, you know, like, like He-Man and Thundercats, and just totally going crazy with it. But, you know, they, he did, they did it with, um, you know, Thor Ragnarok, and, um, you know, even, um, what, what was the latest one with imaginary hitler a jojo rabbit (laughs) i was lost for a minute yeah jojo rabbit come on man get some class um (laughs) no uh but he he, it's all about the ridiculous nature of the of the context of the movie right 
as long as like the emotional and you know the the story be- behind the character development is good, I mean the movie's gonna be good. I mean they saw that with Suicide Squad, taking all these characters that are dumb and just polka dot man, polka yeah, polka dot man and rat catcher and and you know peacemaker, yeah, peacemaker coming. But we all we all really resonated with those characters. So if you can yeah. take that kind of storytelling that those two have and make a Thundercats movie, I th- I think it would be phenomenal. Um, but looking at this guy, just um, trying to get an idea, he does give off a lot of Prince Adam vibes when he's not He Man. See, I I already already can hear the like the irritated like hardcore, you know, eighties you know fans that grew up with the original toy line and the show, just saying like he's not big enough, he's not nearly enough to be you know because He Man's larger than life. He's, he's just very this, big. You know, bag of meat with a little loincloth and a huge ass sword um, bag of meat wow I mean the best representation was probably Dolph Lundgren in the original movie but that right. Mitchell movie man. was awful you know and I, and I think the He-Man toy was kind of to was kind of made to I guess coincide with Conan the Barbarian kind of that aesthetic of just a huge larger than life person and that's why it's modeled after like like you know Schwarzenegger like right um, but you know, they, they were originally going to make um, a He-Man movie, and I think Noah Quintanillo, he's going to be Adam, Adam Smasher. Smasher. Yeah, he was like originally him. cast. But I guess that fell through. I don't know. I mean, I, well, he obviously got Black Adam, so yeah. he Well, probably... like I said, this movie slash show, you know, this product has been, you know, I don't know if you want to say in pre-production. It's been something that they've been trying to do for a while now. Um, and... And to be honest, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I wouldn't be shocked if nothing really came of this ultimately if the show still didn't happen, but that's yeah. just me. Well, it says after being in development, this is from Deadline, um, it's been in development at Sony for quite some years. So I think that is what Noah Quintanillo was attached to was the Sony production of He-Man. Um, so I guess you know the rights got transferred over to Netflix and they decided to go a different direction with it, which is interesting because, um, you know, I, I don't know if you really follow that story with, uh, um, Kevin Smith. Um, he made that he man, the animated animated show. show on Netflix. And that just got, you know, so much controversy because of the treatment of he man, yeah. Um, but it wasn't called He-Man. It was called Masters of the Universe Revelations or something like that. I believe you're right. Um, and apparently, spoiler alert for anybody that doesn't want to know anything about he- the Kevin Smith He-Man show on Netflix. Yeah. Um, apparently, they kill off He-Man within like the first one or two episodes. Interesting. And then it's completely focused around like this. I think it's a new character or an existing character that didn't have a lot of you know show time in the original show. I forget. Um but it follows her around and everybody just was like, this is woke. This is, you know, new age, you know, social justice, stuff like that. Like, like dumb points. Sure. Um, and I, I think the context of the show was they were trying to resurrect he man or something like that. So it was only supposed to, it was like one season where all the secondary characters were, were put to the forefront, you know, that were, you know, in the background from the eighties cartoon. Right. Because it was, this was like a direct sequel to the 80s cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take that canon and then 
it kind of makes more sense that they kill off He-Man in the beginning of the series. And then I guess the, the whole quest is to get him back, which right. he, they do bring him back in the newest season. And I don't know. I haven't, again, I haven't heard a lot of it. I just mm. know that there was so much criticism of that show and Kevin Smith, which is, but Kevin Smith really, in my opinion, didn't answer that well to it either. He, he got on his, you know, soapbox and just started, you know, you know, he did the whole Paul Feig thing where I mean, he's like, you guys are dumbasses and you guys don't know what, and like, well, like publicly going on Twitter and calling people out. And stuff like I know, that I, s- I follow him on Twitter and I saw him doing it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, people are so quick to whine about stuff without having the full picture and shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're like, this isn't you, right? This isn't, a, I'm not using you as an example of someone, but like when you said you weren't feeling Boba Fett yet, the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, right, like you haven't seen the full show and maybe right. and something occurs near the, the end of it where you're like, okay, that's really cool. It's like WandaVision, you know, before mm-hmm. you really found out all the stuff about WandaVision, you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, You know, it's not his job to have to defend the thing that he made before people ultimately understand wh- how it's, you know what I mean? Like, I guarantee people were ripping it up before finishing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably had people who were going on there after He-Man died and they saw like one episode of them using that girl and they're just like, oh my God, this and right. that. When they don't know that the whole point is to bring him back into a, that's why the show is called Masters of the Universe. Right. What I'm gathering is it's like, he's giving you the world. He's showing you the world, right. not just with He-Man. And then He-Man will come back and then all of those characters have depth plus He-Man. Well, I think this is a like a perfect opportunity to kind of like calm down, you know, the irritated and aggravated, you know, fans of the show that are going to actually give this any kind of like viewership because now they have a whole He-Man movie. You know, they have the main character of Adam or of Prince Adam and he's going to be wielding the sword and he's going to be saying, you know, about the power of gray school. He's going to have um uh Cringer and there's going to be the little wizard thing that's annoying and um <laughs> there's gonna be battle cat there's gonna be skeletor we're gonna have all the he-man stuff I'm, I, I mean just from looking at the uh uh yeah yeah, yeah the, all this stuff from this deadline report it's you know it's it, it's gonna be basically the live action representation of what the original he-man was so everybody everybody wins you know right. so it's like um am i excited for it uh i mean Again, anything that's based like the G.I. Joe stuff, like the dad movies. Yeah. like (laughs) Anything that's based on a toy, like the Transformers movies, the G.I. Joe movies, you know, this is all Mattel and Hasbro and everything. They were made, you know, the shows were ultimately made to be a long, you know, 20 minute commercial, 30 minute commercial for kids to buy the toys. That's why you got, you know, She-Ra and, you know, there wasn't just, um, you know, He-Man's. Uh, tiger thing now Skeletor has a tiger he rides on because it's a different color that's who I want to know ultimately who's like that's a that's a casting that could be pretty pretty good if you get it right well honestly Skeletor I, you can have a bad project and have a great cast and especially Netflix is a testament to that because when they made the live action example what I'm trying to think of a good example oh of I'll that. give you one for the live action Death Note Horrible movie, oh, yeah. but they got Willem Dafoe to be Ryuk. First Suicide Squad. Yeah, honestly. Well, which character? Are you talking about Arlie Quinn? Margot Robbie, Will Smith was fine in that oh, role. Yeah. Jai Courtney is 
he's I mean that he's hamming it up, but he does. I mean he's Australian, so he didn't have to really go Amanda that Waller. wild with a fake accent. Yeah, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller is one of the best. Mm-hmm. D, you know DC castings to date. Um, they have had some movie misses that some people talk about, but man, have they mm-hmm. cast well? Yeah. So I mean, if if they get a re- and probably that's probably what they will do because they got Mark Hamill to voice him in the new Kevin Smith. Masters yeah, in the universe. So, be, I mean, great. I mean, to be fair too, you kind of don't even need to really have like a face, a huge no. notable face for Skeletor. I mean, he has it. it <laughs> Skeletor is basically a He-Man body <laughs> with a skeleton head, with a skull, yeah. and that's his name, Skeletor. Yeah. Um, and it, they actually go too. into yeah, and and that's the thing. They're probably gonna get some actor who can do a really crazy high-pitched voice or they'll get an actor with a with a notable ability to do voices and not really care so much about who the physical actor is but i i feel like to sell movies they will get because they could have easily gotten anybody for ryuk but they got willem dafoe because he sounds creepy and you know if i i I highly doubt that willem dafoe saw the script to death note and was like yes this you know Mm -hmm. thespian willem dafoe he seems to do a lot of stuff that's just like this is interesting to me i'll do it Mm -hmm. you know he just seems to just be in it yeah, but that was just like a misstep. So I mean, if they cast really well, maybe this movie, and that's the thing, Netflix is kind of. I mean, I think they just re, um came out with a report that Netflix um is kind of having to. They're not, but they're there's like analysts saying that this whole you know release the entire season in one hit is kind of a detriment because uh, apparently the viewership, like Squid Game, was like the talk of like. It was like a global phenomena for like four weeks, and then nobody cares about it. Yeah. And then it will gain notoriety totally. when it comes back eventually. But you know, people are kind of wanting like Ozark just came out, great show. Right? Who's talking about it? You know? Yeah, what I, mean? I think um, Netflix is kind of with one of the only streaming services now that aren't, at least in some capacity, doing week to week anymore. They do, which was Netflix's thing. Right. I mean, that was that's always been their thing. But between Peacemaker and Boba Fett and um, I like that show, right? Just Gemstones that I've showed you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of those are weekly, you know, and they're kind of yep. returning to that basis Game of Thrones, you know. Um, I think for like the HBO thing is because HBO is still a channel that you can purchase with your cable subscription. Correct. So I think they have to Correct. coincide with their weekly. You're right. But I'm talking also like, you know, Disney Plus and right. you have, you know, well, weekly I think adaptations of the Marvel shows and the mm-hmm. Star Wars shows and. Well, I think for the Disney Plus, um, the I think the reason why they do it on a weekly basis with their shows is because they have such limited content. So with Netflix, mm-hmm. they can drop an original movie every month, two new shows, and then they have new content. You know, they'll they'll have existing movies and shows that have already completed that they can add to their catalog. So they just have a you know a copious amount of content for people to watch at all times. Whereas Disney Plus is okay, we have. Old Disney, we have new Disney, we have Pixar, we have, <laughs> you know, like we they, they have the Disney stuff, but that's primarily for kids. So right. to bring in that viewership, that returning viewership, they need, they, they kind of have to rely on the whole weekly thing. Yeah, and I right. feel like with Netflix, since they're like, they're not, they're not, technically they've, um, I think they have filed for bankruptcy like once or twice. Oh, or they're dude, in like a deficit. They've been in debt for a long time. Yeah. But, they're not hemorrhaging money, but their return on investment is enough to kind of keep it going. Like it's, right. it's it's enough to keep the ship afloat, but they haven't really turned a huge profit. Like they're billions in yeah. debt, but they're making more 
to you know alleviate that so if yeah. they're you know if they make you know like movies like this like he-man i remember army of the dead was a, a, an anticipated movie you know and they were bolstering like there's i mean boy what a bad movie well they had oh. they, they were they don't care they don't care if it's good or bad they just need content so that's it's the true. downside of netflix they're like we can put it's anything true. and everything out but we know you guys are at least check it out at least once and then they just if they continue to have that we'll just continue to get like five bad shows to every one good show you know like we'll have he-man army of the dead uh you know uh Death Note, The Kissing Booth 20, and, you know, the that... Too Hot to Handle. Riverdale. But then we'll get The Queen's Gambit. We'll get Ozark. We'll the get Crown. The Crown. Yeah, we'll get those, you know, outliers that are far yeah. and few between. You know, The, the King with Timothy Chalamet. And, you. And, um, you, <laughs> you, for me, like, I have yet to finish the third season. I'm trying so hard because... They introduce they introduce interesting concepts, yeah. and then they make you hate both characters. Like there's no one <laughs> to root for in that show, so it's just like yeah. Season three was hard for me because you're right. Yeah, there is no one to root for, but but yeah. beside the point. But yeah, so I mean, will I check it out? May if I see yeah. a trailer, maybe because Netflix movies with their big budget stuff. I mean, the last big budget thing that they had was Army of the Dead, and before that was Bright with Will Smith. So that's their oh level of like cinematic. Another bad one. You know, just like they can make, you know, they can have the cinematography, they can have the CGI because they have enough money. They can probably allocate maybe tops $100 million towards this movie. You know, it will probably be like a singular kind of journey. I don't expect this huge, epic, you know, uh, Dune, No Way Home sized movie, you know, but it will be just Ooh, enough to. Show. What? He man, this is a show. It's a it's a movie. It's going to be a movie, huh? Says um, live action Mattel movie has you didn't Netflix. Get, I apologize. Keep saying what you're saying. Yeah, I don't expect some huge blockbuster either. I I I expect it to almost be along the lines of Mortal Kombat from HBO Max. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, will I watch it? Maybe. Like you said, if I see a trailer and it's interesting. Yeah. Well, well to go back to the whole Army of the Dead thing, mm-hmm. they were really banking on that, and they just released army of thieves and no one knew about it yeah i have no interest in watching it yeah but that's what despite that guy being one of my favorite characters oh he's a great he was a great addition to army of the dead he was a real he was like one of the better parts but like netflix will do that they will bank hard like they just i think they announced that they're gonna make a spin-off of squid game along with season two so they're they, they bank without even like understanding the concept of what people really want that's a good point. Anyways, we're going to be moving on from a former show turned movie to now a game turned show. In the announcement of the Dungeons and Dragons show, uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber will be spearheading what is called the flagship Dungeons and Dragons TV show for E1. Uh, I'm not, I'm kind of unfamiliar with E1 personally. Um, I'm not sure if it's a network or some kind of streaming service or an online. Um, you know, TV and Entertainment One, I believe. Um, if you want to give more insight on that, please uh, feel free to do so. Um, well, it says on their LinkedIn page. Um, I'm just kidding. It looks just like a <laughs> um, entertainment. So they have like Peppa Pig. Oh, they have Yellow Jackets. Yellow I've jackets, been hearing a lot about Yellow Jackets. So it seems like they stream. Yeah. Shows. Yeah. So, okay, so Yellow Jackets isn't theirs, but. Mm-hmm. 
it looks like they i mean they have a lot of content a lot of cartoon content yeah yeah um it's I'm now sure is this dungeons and dragons show going to be live action uh, hold um, on, this entertainment. Uh, commonly abbreviated as E1 is an American-owned multinational entertainment company based in Toronto, California, or Ca- Ontario, Ontario, Canada. Um, primarily av- involved in acquisition, di- distribution, and production of films and television series. So it looks like they. I don't know if this has moved to a actual. I I, I think it's production company, so they make right, stuff. Right. Okay. So I. So think I wonder what it'll be put out on. Yeah. Um. Let me see here. This is from Deadline. Most of the stuff is going to be from Deadline, you know, Screen Rant, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it doesn't say. That's okay. It's something that we can um, always follow up with. Yeah. But, uh, <coughs> yeah, I mean, Dungeons & Dragons. Did, did you ever play Dungeons & Dragons? Well, you know what? You saw me checking my phone a minute ago. Um, I actually reached out to my brother because my brother likes playing Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I have never played I don't know much about it outside of the lines that I can remember from Stranger Things. Um, not really something that I was ever into. Not not to say it's bad or it's good or whatever. Um, it's just not something that I have a lot of uh, background on. That being said, um, it'll be interesting because it kind of is fitting that mold of the fantasy mega genre that we're getting a lot, you know, with the new Lord of the Rings and obviously Game of Thrones. And now He Man, yeah, and, and The Witcher, and now the new g- the Game of Thrones spinoff, um, as well as obviously the new Lord of the Rings, like I mentioned. Um, you just have that whole kind of, f- you know, uh, crazy fantasy monsters and and magic and all this, and so Dungeons and Dragons fits in there. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, um, I asked my brother if he knew anything about it, if he had anything he wanted me to say, and he sent me an emoji of, or sorry, a gif of a guy shrugging. Yeah. So I uh, he said he hadn't heard anything about it. Yeah, I I played, I I attempted to try Dungeons and Dragons. I had a friend that wanted you know me to try at least once. He was like, everybody's got to try Dungeons and Dragons at least once. And I was like, okay. I, think I, I probably yeah. I probably got maybe through an hour of it. Yeah. And like, you know, it, I understand the concept of like you're doing it with you know your buddies and everybody's invested and it's a good time. They say it's a great you know it's a great drinking game. Like not for everything that you do, you take a shot, but like you just casually drink and oh, that makes the I can do the experience that while better. Playing Rocket League, <laughs> right? But you know, watching TV, you really have to not take it seriously. You can't just and you can't be like judgmental when you play that game. You can't be like this is stupid. It's like no, you you have to kind of let you yourself lean into it. Yeah, you have to allow yourself to be kind of you know to exist in this world to make it fun like everybody has to be participating to make it fun because if right. everybody's not participating what's the whole point so it's kind of like you got to do it with people who want to play dungeons and dragons sure it's that involved i mean it's been around since the 80s so. and plus too i mean you have people who are all about it you know and they and they write out the con- mm-hmm. the conquests and stuff or whatever exactly the whatever it's called exactly the the dungeon um, master will write out the story or whatever uh, yeah but the story but there's something called when you write out the thing mm-hmm. um that being said Oh, the quest. The qu- like, yeah, there's a word like that, for it yeah. I can't think of. Um, campaign? Campaign, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, Thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. So you create the campaign. Campaign, mm-hmm. excuse me. And yeah, I mean, it takes hours. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, it, depending on how you write it, but sometimes a whole day. I've, um, I've, it's um, a big deal for those that enjoy it, you know? I have a friend that I would, because he lives in, you know, across the country. I have a friend, right. and I, I'll ask him, hey, do you want to, you know, watch this movie? Because we'll do like the screen sharing. And or do you want to play this video game? 
and he uh he will say when he used to live around here he would say right. can't i'm i'm busy saturday i'm like oh sorry do you want to do it in the evening he's like i'm busy I'm all busy day the whole day saturday he used to carve out like yeah sometimes you have to yeah like like eight hour that's like a full work day yeah that you're just so, some of those campaigns take a long time when you right. watch the first episode of stranger things the way that they portray it is that they've it's nighttime you mm-hmm. know when when they all ride their bikes home they've been doing that all day I wasn't little nerds. <laughs> well, there's been like that resurgence where that that interest of Dungeons and Dragons recently. Like I know people who yeah. like they have like Joe Manganiello has his whole yeah. like literal dungeon that he built in his basement with like dragon heads on plaques, and he's had. I people... love how much of a nerd that man is. Oh, he's an incredible nerd. He really gives. Um, he gives us hope. V- no, he gives validity to what I said last week on the episode or two weeks ago. When I was saying, you know, all things geek and nerd, it everyone loves this stuff, and it's just like back in the day when that idea came around that like the geeky people liked it. No, everyone likes this stuff. That some people just were like embarrassed to say it. Um, it's uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, subs- subscribe to all of that. So it's nice to see a regular old handsome dude who doesn't look like he would like this stuff at all. Absolutely love it. Um, so that just goes to show how much of this stuff is cool. So I mean, well, that's why I thought about it before because, so this is a show that they're developing. But I remember that there was a movie in development, and then I looked right, right now, and it, yeah, this was from December fourth. This was from a, over a year ago now. But there was a report from Variety, Chris Pine to star in Dungeons and Dragons movie in Paramount. Um. That I obviously didn't happen. I, yeah. The release date was recently pushed back from November uh, uh, to May 27, 2022. I don't there remember that been, one coming out. Yeah. I, I It might have. Yeah. It says Hugh Grant joins Dungeons and Dragons movie. I mean, that was as soon as March 2nd, 2021. So I don't know if. Yeah. It's a, I They'll mean. Coexist. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is actually happening still or if it's not happening. I mean, it has some big names attached to it, but this is the movie. Apparently, this is being developed at Paramount. Okay. Um, and this is this would go to um, theaters as opposed to. Right. As a show. So I was looking up at the deadline article about uh, about the director or the showrunner, uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber. Um, he yeah. was, um, his most notable stuff for anybody that doesn't know, um, was the Red Notice, the Dwayne Johnson and yes. Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot Netflix movie. So there hasn't been, it says, um, here, uh, given Netflix's existing ties with Thurba, Thurber via the, uh, hit Red no- Notice movie, the hit Red Notice movie. I mean, a lot of people did like it enough to where they announced a sequel and a third okay. right away, but that's. That it isn't a personification of what you said about Netflix. Anything right there. Yeah. So if it's if, if it if does it, well, let's throw our eggs if it in that sticks, basket. Yeah. If it um, sticks, call it jelly. Let's make a sandwich. You know, that's, that's Netflix's slogan. Fun fact. Let's make a sandwich. <laughs> Welcome to Netflix. Thank you. Welcome uh, to Netflix. <laughs> let's make a sandwich. Thank you, investors, to our huge board me- board meeting where we'll be discussing billions of dollars in contracts. Mm-hmm. Let's make a sandwich. Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it says here, uh, given the recent relationship with Netflix, 
uh, and the Red Nose, uh, with Dungeons and Dragons via the hit TV series Stranger Stranger Things, the streamer is likely to pursue the Dungeons and Dragons TV shows and related offshoots with other networks and streamers. Streamers also interested. Sources say hmm. um, this is a quote from Thurber, the showrunner. Uh, we don't want it to be. Um, oh wait, no. This is from president of globe oh so this is from michael lombardo so he's president of global television for e1 right so this is big wig for that production company uh he says we don't want it uh to be just one show we are building uh out developing a multi-pronged approach for television a number of scripted shows and unscripted unscripted and we hope to be taking this out live like reality Oh, so I think what he's saying critical is critical role make has made a movie. Do you know what critical role is? Yeah, vaguely. So critical role is really. this YouTube channel. I forget if it's from actual existing YouTubers or from like other like, you know, they have they used to have like, uh, you know, like the IGN right. people who report for IGN and stuff like that. Um, but they basically I, I swear to God, if my friend hears this just because he loves critical role. So if he hears me describing this, he'll be like. You're, you're totally not doing, doing you're it. Not right. doing, you're not doing it justice. But well, it's basically this, so. a very, um, it's a very popular, uh, it, they literally just hours and hours of people just streaming them playing Dungeons and Dragons. And, and they're very comedic. They're very funny. So, but they crowdfunded for a movie. So they're actually making a, I believe it's an animated movie uh, for the Dungeons and Dragons show. And they're getting it. I think they raised like hundred million dollars from crowdfunding to make this movie or, or something like that. Um, so that that's the only thing that comes to mind when it says unscripted. Like they're gonna well, like set I up a camera. Well, I think what he's saying is that this might be the first show that they're doing in this way, and they have plans to do other shows, not necessarily Dungeons and Dragons related. Um, kind of like hey, we're we want to start developing a show. You know, we're E1. We want to start developing a show. And we also have plans to develop other shows. I don't know if he's necessarily saying we have plans to develop a bunch of other Dungeons and Dragons shows. You know what I mean? Okay. That's just kind of how I'm gauging it. I think it might be based directly to Dungeons and Dragons, but it it says at the end, and we hope to be taking this out to the marketplace early next year. Um, So, if I mean, that, that is a possibility. Just wanting to do... You know, one Dungeons and Dragons. To me, it sounds like they're primarily asking him about a Dungeons and Dragons, like you know, interconnected, like the MCU or you know, stuff. Or like, remember, um, they were gonna have the uh, monster universe, like the monster verse, and then the the dark. What was it called? The the dark universe. The dark universe. Yeah. So everybody wants, um, uh, you know, an all encompassing you know, universe, you know, for their movies. And it just doesn't work. And I don't think, like, for instance, that's why I brought up the whole Dungeons and Dragons movie. This is due out in 2023. We haven't really heard a lot about it. Sure it is. I don't know if it's going to still be made. Probably not. But, you know, is that going to be tied to it? Is that going to be, you know, part of its canon? Who knows? So I don't know. I mean, again, if I, I never try to judge a book by its cover, if it's good, if it gets high praise, you know, if it's, you know, a lot of people are talking about it, maybe I'll check it out. I don't know where it's going to be going at yet because this is still an early development. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like a very out of left field type of show. Yeah. But if it works, it, it works. If it doesn't, I mean, 
It's more money that was wasted from yep. Hollywood. There's a lot of money wasted in Hollywood. So we talked about a show turned movie in He-Man. We talked about a board game turned show in Dungeons and Dragons. Let's talk about a video game turned show in the uh, revelation of the very first trailer for the new Halo series um, developed by Paramount+. Plus. Uh, that came out this week, Halo being the famous video game franchise that uh, specifically uh, rose to fame on the original Xbox. I did not have an Xbox, so my experience with Halo was limited to playing with my neighbor. Uh, while he, By you know, myself, outside. He, yeah, no, he, when he, <laughs> uh, we would go and he had it and we would play at his right. house sometimes. Um, but yeah, the trailer came out this week. Uh, there is going to be a live action show following um, stories written within the world of Halo and the main character, Master Chief. What did you think of the debut trailer? It looks cool. It look, Honestly, the production value looks there. Um, this is going to be on Paramount Plus. I don't have, I don't know anybody that has Paramount Plus. That, nope. The last thing that I was, you know, of note that I remember was that Mark Wahlberg Infinity movie or whatever that was awful. But, I mean, it looks great. The production value, I mean, Master Chief looks good. I don't know if he's fully CGI or fully this live looks action. real, man. Yeah, I think it's. Oh yeah, we just got to the bit with um I think the thing Her that name probably is Jen selling. Taylor. <laughs> and she plays a character named Cortana. Yeah. Um who looks like an AI. So Cortana sorts. is Master Chief's AI system that he has integrated into his suit, cool. and all so, that stuff. So it's like it's kind of like the whenever you start the game up, I haven't played Halo long time ever i should ask my friend ben he's currently playing the new one and i believe he's oh halo infinite well, yeah when i had a when i was doing my podcast internship when i used to mm-hmm. do those sports podcasts um he and i have been knowing each other for a long time now uh we had one together weirdly enough just happenstance he we both happened to be doing it he's a huge halo fan so maybe yeah. i'll have to ask him his thoughts on it um but i think a lot of people are probably gonna you know i can hear the the twitter feeds going off about how she's not all blue because Cortana in the game universe is all blue. Well, she has a blue hue to her. I, I mean, her well, skin I mean, she's is straight not up blue. blue. Like just mm. there's there's no like maybe if I look at it at a different angle, it is right. she has like blue flesh, skin. you know, you know, uh, or fleshy like color mystique. to her. Like she looks like a human in here. So gotcha. that's okay. like the only thing that was kind of like I can hear people getting mm-hmm. pissed off about. But um, I don't know if it's the same voice actor or oh, voice actress. For, it is. Oh, yeah. For I both, was, or I was just clicked on this because I recognized her face. She was Cortana in Halo One, Halo Two, Halo Three, Halo Infinite. Um, Great. She's been there for all of them, as well as she plays Princess Peach in a lot of Mario stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, but, it's uh, kind of like um, what's his name? Oh, God, yeah. Peter Cullen for Optimus. Like, right. you, like a lot you, of stuff. Yeah, he's. Yeah, so it looks like she's um, she's all she is Cortana. Okay. Um, now something I wanted to mention, because I I don't know the I don't know the person that plays Master Chief. I don't recognize Master Chef. Yes, Master Chef. Um, no, his name is Pablo Schreiber. Okay. Um, I do not recognize the man. I looked at his IMDb. I don't recognize anything he's done. It doesn't I do re- sound like the original voice actor either from the video games. I don't think it is, but I guess I can figure it out. Now, I do recognize um, one person who, uh, she's in the trailer. Her name is Natasha Mechalone. Mm-hmm. Um She, the only thing I know her from is she 
was in the Truman Show. She played oh, yeah. the girl in the Truman mm-hmm. Show that tries to break him out um, and tell him what is what. Yeah. Um, I recognize her, and I recognize Bokeem Woodbine. Um, Bokeem Woodbine played uh, in Spider-Man No Way Home. He was like the second um, shocker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, after mm-hmm. that one actor who I also kind of recognize yeah. um, got shocked, you know. but uh, Oh, the Tom Hardy knockoff. Yeah, kind of. Um, so there you go. I recognize yeah. those, two, those two guys, those two um, actors, I should say. Now, the main guy, Pablo Schreiber, he um, has been in stuff I know of. Um, he was in Orange is the New Black for a while. He was in that other TV series, American Gods. Uh, he was in that Den of Thieves movie, um, 13 Hours, which was, you know, another, mm-hmm. um, you know, big time, uh, right. you know, war movie. He, he's he been in stuff that I know of, but I don't personally know him. Right. Um, but it is a role where primarily uh, that character is masked. So coming yeah. from what you said, I think the production value looks good. Um, I like to think I'd probably check it out. That being said, I don't have the huge pull to it against being that I'm not of the uh youth that grew up with Halo. I am the I am part of the, you know, right. the era of Halo, but I didn't play it because I didn't have an Xbox. Right. I think um the the most that I played of Halo was my uncle had I think he had Halo 1 or Halo 2 on the original Xbox. Yeah. So I, pl- I remember playing that once at his house. Um and then I loved the the Energy sword? Spike. No, well, the energy sword, but the spike gun that will that can oh, find, yeah. like the tracker. I forget it's what it's like called. It's like a grapple gun almost. No, 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 no. You shoot it, and it will find your target, and it will hit oh, him. Oh, I thought so, you meant um, that thing you can uh, no, 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 grapple no. around with. Um, but I played that a little bit, and then our friend Adam and Marcos, they had Halo 3, and yes. we would always go over to their house and play Halo a yes. lot. Split Back in the splits, split screen days. Hey, we um, still do a little split screening. Sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I, I know that um, I think after what was it? Halo Three. That's that's who or Bungie made all the Halo games up until Halo Three, and then it was three, four, three studios that made four, five, and six. I think Halo Reach was made by a three, four, three, and then Halo ODST. Um, so I mean, this this definitely has a you know a demographic. There are uh, uh, like you said, your friend. I have I have a buddy that was like, I'm taking you know, time off work to go play when Oh, that's totally my friend. Yeah. So yeah. like there are like the hardcore Halo fans are they, they it's ride or die for them. So um so yeah this the I remember this um this series was well this this as far like as an official released thing has been in development for a very long time. I think Guillermo del Toro was attached to um direct or write a Halo movie for the longest time and then that fell through. Um, I think they had, uh, I think it was IGN or some type of YouTube channel that had Until Dawn. Um, like it was like a live action Halo movie. I don't think it had Master Chief in it, but there was a, it, it was from the, one of the girls um, or one of the actresses from um, Chronicles of Narnia, the one that plays the older sister. She was like in a yeah. Halo series online. So it had, it had like previous, um, like iterations of like it actually being a thing in live action, but like an official like mm-hmm. movie show, like it's just always been maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get to it, but we, we have it and it looks, you know, action packed. There looks like there's a lot of good, cool fight scenes. I mean, master chief is, pr- I mean, you can't really, 
There's no reason to up. not make him look exactly like he right, looked in the right. game, which and they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have warthogs. I don't. They have the covenant, which is like you know the the enemies they that you pretty much laser fighting. swords. Yeah, they got the uh, what was it? What's it called? The energy sword. Yeah, energy yeah. Sword. Um, I don't think we'll actually see Master Chief. We haven't seen Master Chief in the actual game. Like his face. Yeah, we never seen him. Yeah, in, there's no reason to. It's because so. again, it's not like he's. You know, um, the Mandalorian. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, in we terms have terms of seeing his face as right. an actor. Like, the what I was saying earlier is there's not really any notable actors in this show. There's no drawing, um, like factor. There's no nothing pulling people in in terms of seeing an actor. Right. It's all just off the basis that people love Halo. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, with a show like The Mandalorian, it proves that you really don't need to have that. You know facial acting to you know really like a character like everybody loves mandalorian but it's really one note he's really you know it's just a stoic character and that's yeah. all that master chief is he's just kind of like this empty vessel for you know the video game player to inhabit mm-hmm. to play you know a first person shooter it does seem a bit from this trailer that um they do explore his because it did they showed a shot of a kid that yeah. looked like young him yeah and what it seems to, they're saying like you know he's the perfect soldier because um, he can he can be programmed to do this and he can do that and he listens and mm. he does what we tell him to. Right. And you see like him start kind of there's there, through other people in the in like there's a main character who whom he meets a lady, mm-hmm. um, a lady. Well, I, I don't you know I don't want to start <laughs> right. describing her or nothing, but like uh, what she seems to be through the tra- through the trailer a mm, relatively consistent important character. Um, and so what I mean is like it seems to to me that w- maybe what they're doing is adding a layer that's obviously not in the games where maybe he starts to question what exactly it is that he is and right. what he's doing, which I think is cool. I think it's a fun aspect to mm-hmm. to to um, explore. Right. Um, again, me not knowing the games. I don't know if that's something that people who love it would care about, um, but. For someone right. who's disconnected, seems like a cool idea. Well, I mean, like even the title card is a, a it's exact same. It's ripped right from the, you know any yeah, it, kind of box art from thing. the from the video game. So, um, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. Which I oh, yeah. you know commend them for doing because other studios will be like, well, we're gonna show his face. We're it's gonna... what the Sonic movie started off doing wrong. Right, right, right. There's no reason to make him look like a weird humanoid like, like exists in this world hedgehog. Right. Right. Make them the character we like from the games. Which they ended up doing. Make them it. Which is kind of identical. Which I wanted to like kind of veer off on that topic is that they always talk about video game crunch time between like production companies and like their employees, how they'll make them work all all hours Mm -hmm. of the night just to get or to meet a deadline and quota. Um, it's so funny with that movie because they did the same thing to the animators who had to go back and undo every single frame. It's not like they copied and pasted; like they have to reconstruct a whole new design. And they said that they any were scene under, he's in, any scene that he's in, and they were all under crunch. Like they, there was like reported that people were working wee hours of the night just oh, yeah. trying to get the oh, movie yeah. out there. So it's kind of like totally. It's uh, what, what's that called? Um, art mimics life or whatever. Like it's imitates, uh, imitates life. Art yeah, imitates but, life. Yeah, so it's kind of funny that both of those movies. It's based on a video game. Yeah, that's you know has a that the you know the your medium is always under scrutiny for yep. not treating their workers right, and then the movie that it's based on a video game is does the same thing. So, but yeah, anyway, that's just my small tangent. But um, yeah, 
new streaming series, March 24th. Turn, quick turnaround time. March is a big, mo- a big month this year. You have mm-hmm. the Batman coming out. You have Moon Knight coming out. You have right. this show coming out. All in March. And I'm I, sure again, I'm missing one thing, too. Again, I don't think I know anybody with Paramount+. Plus. Uh, I don't. So I mean, I you're the only person I know with the NBC streaming app. Oh, Peacock. Yeah, you're the only yeah. person I know with That's, that. See, there's always that one or two people that have it, and those are people that I like watch everything. But, um, I, yeah, this for me, this doesn't, it, it's not like. It's not enough for me to go get this streaming service. Right. I'll right. tell you that right now. But, you know, if there's a way for me to watch it, maybe we will. Maybe. That is it for our form of game turn to movie and or show. But we're going to move to another show. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have much to say about this. But we will report on it because people still like to watch this show. They have to if they are renewing it for a ninth season. And that is that CW's Flash is getting renewed for a season nine. Grant Gustin is getting a new deal which will allow them to continue on to season nine. I remember when I started watching The Flash, it was when season two was airing. I went back when it was on Netflix mm. and watched season one. I was like, wow, this show's great. Season two, wow, this is great. Started season three. I was like, what happened yeah. here? What do you think? I know that you don't watch this show uh, anymore either. Uh, what, <laughs> apart from, you know, you and I send each other stuff every once in a while on Instagram or whatever of, of stuff that people are like, how is this still on? And it's, you know, them like running all stupid or something, making fun of it. Um, what do you think about the show now? You know, I know that neither of us watch it anymore. What do you think? Um, so it, it's so funny when whenever they have, like when going to things was still a thing before a pandemic, <laughs> whenever they went to Comic-Con, there was always, you know, time like allocated for, supernatural the and cw shows. cw yeah like so the flash and arrow and legends like those were like the mainstay like those were th- those would be the 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 biggest posters you know on the all the time ever yeah always and i would and then you would see like the hall of h um like live feed or you know the 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 clips from the hall h presentations for the shows and yeah, everybody those goes, panels were reserved for sundays right and you know when the cast comes out everybody goes crazy and everybody's into it i'm like who are these fans because this show is awful like like the reason these shows go for 10 plus seasons where supernatural went for 15 well so apparently i loved that show the viewership for the cw actually isn't that high it's just the numbers that they report make it look like it's that high like it's not lying they're not lying but it's both that their their fan community is right. what kind of keeps like like supernatural like arrow that that's what's kind of keeping them afloat only but if you compare yeah. them to like a really popular show like one the the bigger networks or even on the streaming like it just is let's compare them with i don't know like season six game of thrones something you know what do you mean let's compare their viewing numbers you know who's bigger Oh, Game of Thrones. The Flash. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, shows like Game of Thrones, they have millions and millions of people watching across the The world. world. And season, you know, season eight, nine of The Flash, they probably have a couple of a million viewers, you know. So my point is, is that this is uh, one more, or I guess, no. Yeah, this is one more season than Arrow, because Arrow ran for eight seasons. And that was the flagship of this whole, they're calling it the Arrowverse Right, um, riding the back of the 
popularity that Smallville brought in. Yeah, pretty much, and Supernatural, and no, in know, terms like, of like the DC comic, right, CW right. shows. Um, I but mean, yeah. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I really, really liked season one, two of Arrow, season one and two of The Flash. You know, Legends of Tomorrow was one of those dumb shows, but since it's, I liked since, it for a little bit. Well, since it was affiliated with Arrow and The Flash, whenever they had crossovers, it was just kind of fun. It was dumb humor. But that was after season two. So it, it, it has, you know, I always tell people that are asking about The Flash, you know, should I watch it? I'm like, watch no. the first two seasons, then you're you're good. You don't need to watch anything after that because it, it just goes into like Arrow was just the same thing over and over and over again. And there wasn't compelling story arcs. There weren't, you know, ki- like. They kept killing people and bringing people back, killing people and bringing people back, and you know, it, killing it just, people not bringing specific people back. That you're like, why aren't you bringing that important right. person back? So it it it's kind of like, you know, they do stuff just for the sake of doing stuff, which is to me got really boring after a while. So for them to be in season nine, it's quite incredible. You know, <laughs> like you, it's sure. But the thing that a, a big thing for me is that. The CW apparently is getting chopped around. Like there, uh, th- with the there's a rumor that with Discovery, um, uh, the, the the Discovery Network, the network, streaming, yeah, the streaming the, well, no, the the conglomerate, like the big right. just that's okay. acquiring Warner Brothers in the next couple of years. Um, apparently, they're just looking to trim the fat from a, some of the stuff that they don't want. Apparently, the CW is one of those things that they oh, don't want. So that's why there was this. Um, there was sources say, saying that the CW is actually getting shopped around to different production companies or or entertainment entities to continue that. So honestly, this is probably CW's way of just saying, you know what, we're on our way out. Might as well, see ya. yeah, we'll do something. You know, they have like the Supernatural show spinoff coming. Um, oh, there's yeah, they're supposed to. With uh, Jensen Eccles reprising his role, it's supposed to be about sort the young. Of, but yeah, he's. I don't know the, the extent of it, but apparently it's supposed to be focused on young John and what was the mom's name? I forget. Yeah, Mary or something. Yeah, John and dead wife. I don't know. Hey, that's, she that's, came back at a certain point. Okay, they both did. Everyone does. I know the end of. I got in. I cool. probably got to season four or five of supernatural mm-hmm. and then when they said 13 seasons i was like it can't 14. do it 14 the way i it. look at it is um i would have probably been fine with them ending it at nine mm. um all of the stakes just kind of went away um they kept dying and coming back exactly and so and i was back. kind now of dean's like, in hell <laughs> you know now sam's in hell yeah no man now he's in purgatory well now he's an angel it's yeah um i loved a lot about that show but after about season nine, I was just like... Again, the first two episodes, eh. great. Or the first two seasons, great. Honestly, the first five seasons peak mm. um, that genre. They did wonderful. Right. I would say even through seven, I was like, this show is solid. Right. Once it got to like nine, that's when I was like, okay, I think wrapping it up would be fine. Mm-hmm. And they just kept it going. It was just kind of like that show that you have on in the background while like folding laundry or yeah. making dinner. I mean, same thing with Smallville. Smallville got yeah. like 10 seasons or whatever. Like Something like that. I can think back to a bunch of times. I, I, they could have they wrapped it up cleaner than right. they ultimately did. But right. we're not here to talk about that. Ultimately, I don't watch The Flash. I no. will not watch season nine. I hope if anybody is listening to this and they do like it, 
uh, you know, like what you like. I'm not here to tell you to stop watching it. I'm, I'm sure these these folks on the show are happy that you watch it. So right. to heck what we say. Well, it says here that the actor who plays the Flash, Grant Gustin, um, which, I mean, he's an all he's right. He's not the problem. No, he's an all right Barry Allen. He's kind of like that, you know, geeky. T- he, he reminds me of like DC, well, the CW's idea of what Barry Allen should be, which is kind of like this Spider-Man-esque kind of just like nerd that doesn't really, you know, kind of, you know, fit in with a lot of people, you know, not as, you know, so over the top like Ezra Miller's, Ezra Miller's Flash, but. Well, Ezra's Miller, Ezra Miller's Flash isn't quite what Barry Allen normally is. No, he's kind of, he's like quirky and weird and hipster and, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like him or hate him, he's, he, he's getting a movie. But <laughs> Grant Gustin, he's, you know, he wasn't a bad Barry Allen. He's just kind of like one of those forget like, oh, yeah, that's right. Grant Gustin was the Flash that one time. Kind of like Wesley Shipp. Like they were just the Flashes that were on TV. You right. Know? So that's not to knock to their performance, but they do. They are estimating that his new salary will be $200,000 an episode. That's a nice pretty penny. That's and so far he has a contract of 15 episodes. So do the math. No. Okay. Well, um but they basically guarantee that Flash is getting a season 9. Now that's not including the um the crossover stuff cuz they o- they have so many CW shows. They have Batwoman, they have Black Lightning, they have um Legends of still Tomorrow. Legend, yeah, still they Legends have, of Tomorrow. I think there's like one more, but they cross them. Mo- oh, they well, have Supergirl, Star Girl, Star Girl. Uh, I don't know if that's correlate. It might be. Isn't it Supergirl comes out with this- done? Supergirl is done after. Yeah, the last they had their last yeah, season too. So they're 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 cleaning. Uh, not cleaning. Well, they should have cleaned house a long time ago. But Twilight is coming to an end. Yeah, they should have. You know, they're, they're kind of ending a lot and they don't have a lot of shows on the horizon that they've announced and i think because that whole rumor that cw is getting shopped around i think they're just going to try to give everybody swan song and just one and done kind of you're not wrong ending. friend you're not wrong all right well we move officially from the conversation of shows excluding you know the he-man movie but we're going to book in back into movies mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about actually a hybrid movie and show and that is James Gunn coming out this week talking about the potential of a Peacemaker Season 2 as well as what could be the end and final time that we see the iteration iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy featuring Star-Lord and Drax and Gamora and Nebula and Groot, Rocket, and Mantis. So in the form of the team that has, I mean, Thor is, is you know, where that's going to be addressed in his new movie, but he's with them right now. Mm-hmm. But the original team that we know of, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Groot, uh, this may very well, and the way he describes it, should be the last time that we see that team together in his Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Right. I think, um, you know what? I follow James Gunn on Twitter, and when he was talking about it this week, people were like, he's not one to like shy away from responding to people. He'll just be like, yeah, you know, this and that, and... Um, somebody had responded to somebody speaking to James saying like, you know, talking about the idea that this is the last time you see the, that team together. And he's like, that's, that's always been James's plan. Like he's been saying so for years and, and James Gunn chimed in. He's like, yeah, pretty much like he's very much, uh, you know, you see in his movies and you see it kind of just how he has done 
his stories that he he's all about finality and uh, writing meaningful stories, regardless of where that takes characters, um, whether it's Yondu dying or, you know, um, Rick Flan dying in uh, Suicide Squad. Um, you know what? You've, you haven't had seen Suicide Squad by now, so I'm not... When Rick Flagg died. Um, you know, he's very much a wonderful story writer in the way that it doesn't matter if that means a pretty big person dying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it if it serves the purpose meaningfully in his story, um, he includes it. So it's no shock to me, but what do you think? Um, let's start with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, what do you think when you uh, hear that, when he talks about this likely being the end of that team? I think he's really, he's going to kill it. I think he's going to, you know, write it, like you said, with a, you know, finality to it. He's not just going to, you know... Well, he said... The quote here that he has, this is from Deadline, uh, it's called uh, the Hero Nation column that they have on Deadline. Um, It says that Gunn Gunn stated, this is the end for us, the last time people will see this team of Guardians. So there's a possibility that they will continue Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think they will for a while at least because what made that movie... the uh, Well, that series of movies so special was James Gunn, you know, because the whole idea that you took. I mean, he was just as famous as Chris Pratt, Zoe Zaldana, um, uh, Batista, and you know all these. You know, Bradley. Cooper. He was just as Vin essential. Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> yes, Vin Diesel was a very important aspect. I forgot those movies were movies he was doing besides the Fast movies. Right, but um, is he really doing? No, that he's much? probably in there for like four hours. Do one they day even need it. him in there anymore? They gotta have a lot of Groots on file. Well, you yeah, know? <laughs> well, they, he they said that he like recorded like iterations of the I am Groot in multiple languages. Yeah, so. in multiple like. Uh, they would write it out for him what he was saying, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Okay, say I am Groot," as if you're saying like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I am Groot." You know what I mean? Like yeah. they allowed him to know what he was saying, but like they got to have enough "I am Groots" at this point, right? Right. right. Not to take you, not to take your uh, well, your think, paper um, there, Vin. But I, I think for Infinity War Endgame, it was a different actor, voice actor that did that. Oh, I, I don't think know. I, I don't know. Anyway, but um, as far as him writing for, I mean, yeah. There, there was that huge controversy that came out a couple of years ago about his, you know, tweets from ten years ago that got him initially fired from Disney. He goes over, finds out, or people find out he's making a DC movie. Disney panics and like, okay, never mind. We're sorry. We're, we can come back. You don't have to go so far. You know, like it's dumb. It's it's all money game to Disney, and they saw that other people had the potential of making money, so they're like, okay. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll give you a slap on the wrist this time. So, you know, he had made, he had plans for making this movie before he left. And, you know, when they decided to reconsider, you know, I'm, do, I'm putting up huge air quotes right now, reconsider okay. their morals and values. Mm-hmm. Disney was like, yeah, well, okay, fine. We'll bring you back. So, you know, I, I, I don't think this is like him last minute the script he's like oh i got hired again now i can just I have to write this new he's had this yeah. idea for for guardians for a while so and he's right. he's had this you know he, he says that there is everything should come to an end i think uh he says it's big um it's so so big and dark and different from what people might be expecting it to be i want to be true to the characters the story and give people the wrap-up they deserve for the story um 
he said that's always a little bit scary i'm doing my best um and he and he says i'm aware that the third film in the most trilogies sucks uh not always um so yeah like he mm. it sounds like he's optimistic um about it and he you know he he really he's excited to finish it like it it's not like you know oh, they brought me back for the third one you know he's not Harrison Fording it you know like he's excited to wrap it up you know they it's going to be interesting because they do kind of leave it open-ended for the guardians at the end of Endgame because, you know, Gamora comes back because Gamora, spoiler alert, Gamora dies in infinity war with this version of Gamora. And then they bring a Gamora from the past and now they're like, okay, never mind. You know, here's everybody else came back. So Gamora comes back. Um, so, but she's not, it's not like she got re snapped or whatever they call it back into reality. She is. Yeah. Blip. Um, back into reality she she's is a, a different version version of gamora that's never met peter quill and the guardians so right. he's probably going to you know have to, he's it, that's kind of like a new start for zoe saldana's gamora you never know and a lot you know this isn't the last thing he's doing for guardians of the galaxy he has the guardians of the galaxy holiday special that he's actually right. writing and directing he is a I think he's directing or I think he's just a showrunner or executive producer of the I Am Groot show right. on Disney Plus. So he's gonna do other stuff with the Guardians, but this is gonna be the last Guardians of the Galaxy with Peter Quill and yeah. Drax and Gamora and, and I don't think that necessarily has to mean that they die either. No. You know? Um it'll be interesting because it doesn't mean exa- exactly that, you know. It doesn't yeah. have to be that they die. They can just go and do other things, not focused on character wise and, and another team shows up this or that you know what i mean yeah so it's gonna be interesting because yeah we know he could kill him easily right like we know that that's not yeah. something he'll shy away from as a writer um i think but someone he doesn't asked him have to to kill him he doesn't have to kill him yeah that's what i'm saying right. like we we know as a writer he can do that we've well, seen him do it mm-hmm. but we also i think at least that we i don't think he has to do that to come up with that finality that we're talking about yeah it's just i mean not that he like you said has to kill him but maybe not all of them not all of them because I mean, he did kill yondu in the last yondu died it's not like james gunn went into the movie and just shanks him no but um yeah i mean if they do continue with the guardians it's going to be hard because it's not going to be the same dialogue because even for like infinity war and endgame they brought james gunn on to help write right. their their dialogue for the guardians which so. they did with the crossover of each of the characters and stuff like john favreau and like the right. russo brothers already wrote for um captain america captain america and directed yeah. captain america so they kind of had an idea what cap would say but for everybody else that's why like everybody else is a little just a little bit more not badass but like they're a little bit more on par for that movie as opposed you put them in there other like thor is kind of funny in Infinity War, in Ragnarok, he's a comedic buffoon. You know what I mean? It's just, like yeah, they, it's the flavor of the director. Right. I mean, that being said, too, the Russo brothers did Civil War, and so they brought in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They brought in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the Infinity War and Endgame movies, they all pretty much act as they did in Civil War anyway. Right. But now you have the Guardians, and so why wouldn't you ask James? You know. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like He wrote for their dialogue. So right continuing their story continuing their story arcs without the creative mind that yeah. james gunn had for you know his vision for those yeah. characters it won't be the same it, it would be yeah. weird so i yeah. hope that there is this kind of finality with those characters if they do decide to bring him back right 
But what maybe. I mean is like there can be finality without killing them is all right. I'm saying. Not that they'll continue anywhere else. Right. It's just that, you know, um, Gruden and, you know, say one of them dies and, and mm. like we just, you know, it's time for us to live our lives. This or that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I think that when people read this, like, oh, my God, he's going to kill all of them. I think it, you know, right. it can go that way. It can go in a way that none of them die and it can go in, in a lot of ways in between. So. Right. That being said, uh, I love those movies, so I'm looking forward to it. We yeah. will now move on to a little bit of in a, you know a quick discussion because we're in the middle of season one. But uh, James Gunn did touch a bit on Peacemaker, which mm-hmm. is currently uh, at one point last week like the, one of the number one shows in the world. Streaming, yeah, um, it, streaming it, shows in the world over Boba Fett too. Yeah, um, obviously being on HBO Max, mm-hmm. um, I'm loving it it's great. so far. I think it's really, really, really good. Uh, and he talked about his desire to potentially do a second season. He said, "I think he said something like, I could have ten seasons written yeah. out of this show.' You know, um, but, I mean, he seems interested in writing it. He's, mm-hmm. you know, what I what I love about James Gunn is how passionate he seems about the stuff he works on, mm-hmm. and he's not just doing it because he has to or because he wants to. You right. know? And I see him every day on." Twitter talking about Peacemaker. Just you two. Just me and him. No, I see him. I didn't say talking to me. Oh. Talking about Peacemaker, whether he's tweeting about, you know, something that an article Twitter, you know, brought up, like a Entertainment Weekly, you know, article about this or that. Um, He clearly loves it. And he's passionate about it. And so uh, I would very much more more than happy for season two, um, if that's the route that they go. Well, they kind of just touched upon it because they were talking about like some right. of the, like the social cute or social you know undertones of the show um, that they have, and you know they have. I mean, one of the main villain is a white supremacist, not the main villain, but like the, main the character. One of the main characters is like Peace white supremacist father. Yeah, so which I was, I mean, I've never heard of White Dragon before, and I not familiar with it. it. Yeah, <laughs> when I heard it was like synonymous with like the you know the clan and yeah. white supremacy. I was like, uh-huh. oh dang. But I think um, I sent you something that I think I have a I have a theory of right. what might happen in the end. And it's funny because you had that theory, and I also had that idea. But you and I have it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, "Hey, cool, yeah, you know, that's fun, right? Left brain, right brain, cool." <laughs> um, Left twix, right twix. <laughs> Wait, well, who who's who? Who's wrong and who's twix? <laughs> Um, but they, they kind of <laughs> reported it at the end there. He says, as we always, uh, as we already reported this morning, uh, gun told hero nation, which is the deadlines, like version of like our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have, a uh, we have a legal dispute going on right now. Yeah, uh, gun told, <laughs> gun told hero nation exclusively that there is a second suicide squad, HBO max series in the early works mm-hmm. with a peacemaker second season imminent. So. I think two things to respond to that. Number one, imminent, awesome. Right. I would love a season two of Peacemaker, right. as I said a second ago. Number two, another spinoff for a character from Suicide Squad. I wonder who it would be because we go back and we look at Suicide Squad mm-hmm. in his version, right? Right. You have Bloodsport. I'm talking about people that survived, right? right. Bloodsport, Harley Quinn, King Shark. Polka Dot Man sacrificed himself. Right, Rick Flag. You. Obviously passed away. I'm sorry. Thank you. Rat catcher. Um, Rick Flag passed away under um, violent circumstance. Um, they're already doing a Peacemaker show. Uh, everybody else 
from the first team died, excluding um, we don't know for sure uh, what happened with TDK. Right. Because um, they don't show him dying. That his heart monitor is still going. Dying, but they don't right. show him dead. They right. show him in critical condition. And then Weasel lived. <laughs> so, is it a blood sports show? Is it a rat catcher show? Is it a Harley Quinn show? Killer, Killer Shark or King Shark? Excuse me. Weasel, <laughs> TDK. Because realistically, unless he goes back, right? In, you know, in, in terms time in time, you know, right. and, and tells a prequel to his movie. You know, well, who's it going to be about? I don't know if I necessarily need a King Shark rat catcher. Uh, I definitely don't need a Harley Quinn show. Um, well, you know, Bloodsport maybe would I, would Idris Elba do that? Probably not. Mm, but yeah. most people really love working with James Gunn, so maybe I don't know. Well, you know, I I feel like they should reserve. You know, because unfortunately, you know, due to the infinite wisdom over at you know warner brothers executive they decided to release you know suicide squad fell victim to the whole day and date release thing they did for hbo max so yes took away so much box office revenue that they kind of really needed because technically the james gunn suicide squad movie was a box office failure i would say it was less of a failure and more that it "Quote unquote underperformed." Right. I wouldn't say it was a failure because mm-hmm. that would in, that would entail that it was absolutely just awful. Right. Missed. But it certainly underperformed because of obvious circumstances. Like it's a rated R film. You know, the first one was you know not well regarded. Um, you know, it was you know the you know the pandemic obviously is is a big you know uh, issue that a lot of movies are you know kind of working against. Not Spider Man. It's still it's still chugging along right now. It's there still... was no way Spider-Man was going to underperform. Yeah. You have the greatness of what people consider those Marvel movies to be with the obvious fact that most people knew Toby and Andrew were coming back. There's right. no way that movie was making anything under, in my mind, I didn't, I had no reservations that it was going to make a, a billion. Right. I mean, I, I honestly thought that when it comes to like all these big budget movies, I thought they were going to underperform because, you know, their earlier stuff, you know, in the year didn't do great. Like Congress, Godzilla, you know, Mortal right. Kombat. Um, but it's the same reason I'm com- I'm comfortable about the Batman. Spider-Man, Batman, those movies pull people in regardless. I don't think the Batman's going to do Spider-Man money. I think it's going to do well. I, just don't I think mean, do the Marvel money. movies are hard to match no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm saying like I know Batman will do well. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Eternals didn't do all that well. It made money, but it just didn't make and like it underperformed slightly. Um, Black Widow, you know, it it didn't make the money that usually a Marvel right. tentpole would make, but it you know it didn't do what they were expecting. But that was like peak COVID, um, you know. And if I wanted to see those characters again, I would want to see them like in the same, you know, the vein of the Suicide Squad movie because I like them interacting together. Now, if I were to pick out one character to have their own spinoff series. I honestly would go with Harley Quinn because I just don't need another Harley Quinn thing, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I I was watching this this movie YouTube channel, and they were talking about how you know Harley Quinn or or DC. Uh, they were comparing DC and Marvel, you know, the universes, and that Marvel is you know it, it kind of keeps everything in one 
linear universe whereas dc they kind of are going back and forth right. and they just have multiple stuff going on like they have a joker movie that has nothing to do with a solo batman movie and they have two batman in the you know the flash movie now they're going to be making you know an you know an african-american version of superman but they still kind of have right. henry cavill but they're going to maybe do another version of superman and then you know it, it's just so many it's different so many things there's so many things that they have and they should just consolidate most of that stuff. Because can you imagine, like you said, you don't want to Harley Quinn shows. What if they just consolidate that and had... Oh, I don't care if it's two. I'm saying uh, I got what I think they would do in a show from her movie. Well, what I'm saying is I like, don't care if there's two. I like the animated one. I don't care if there's another live action one. I don't, no, I don't think I need more from that character. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like we kind of having their cake and eating it with having the the showrunners, you know, ideas and their narrative story points that they make with the Harley Quinn animated show and just doing a Margot Robbie, you know, limited series kind of in the same vein of that comedy. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch it. Right. Because the Harley Quinn show is the animated show is fantastic. It's hilarious. It's, it's a really, Oh, you finally watched it. I've been watching it. Yeah. I watched it all. Yeah. I was like, you need to watch this. I've yet to get through it. You know, I'm, I'm a, uh, it's wonderful. I'm a habitual show starter and not finisher. No, or it takes a, me a while. You're to a habitual it. show stopper. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds like that sounds like you a show stopper, baby. No, it's Put like uh, yeah. It's no you. I can't count the number of shows I've had you watch that you take months to finish. They get finished. Like I just started Euphoria. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. Yeah. No, there was there Instantly was some, there was something that I asked you to watch, and I th- I swear to God, you, it took you like a year. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. No, because you uh, and I watched Game of Thrones together, and that one was well, actually. Well, uh, it took you a while to convince me to watch Game of Thrones. It did. It took me longer than honestly it should have. Yeah. Um, but I was actually surprised with how quickly you moved through it. Two actually, weeks. Not really surprised. To Six be seasons, two weeks, yeah. and I was working a job. I going to school. I remember when I so. first got into Dexter. I watched yeah. the first four seasons of Dexter in one week. You, my friend. There's eleven episodes in each season. You of that sort show, out your and each of them are like fifty minutes. Yeah, I was like twenty-one years old. Oh, gotcha. You know? Oh, so you know, not an adult. Gotcha. Not really. I mean, twenty-one <laughs> years old is like I can drink, but I'm still stupid. You know, I'm still a dumb. Yeah, sure. I'm still a dumb kid. Okay. But uh, yeah, interested to see you know what character that might be. Uh, would it be blood? You know, being blood sport. Would that be cool? Hell yeah! Now think about this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Deadshot. Oh, so you're talking a character that's not his? So no, James from, Gunn from another Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like when he said that, I assumed he meant characters that from he his. Were in his I mean, well, he brought over characters from the original Suicide Squad, and I honestly, honestly think this is not like you know this might be a controversial. Way. I honestly think if Will Smith wasn't you know, not available for uh, the Suicide Squad. He's he would have been. He, he would have taken the blood sport. Listen, it's, here's it's literally a a mar- or it's like master tactician with weapons and right. you know and everything. They added two of them. <laughs> yeah, and they have. He has a daughter. He has an estranged daughter. He's in prison right now, and he you know he's. Uh, you know, just wants to do, but like it. It was, it was very similar. It was very sim- to the point where like. You could easily just have interchanged either one, and it would have worked. You know, like it, like their narrative didn't take away from who they were. What if? Okay, hear me out. James Gunn, buddy, funny drama, uh, bro comedy. 
um, King Shark and Killer Croc have an apartment together. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I feel that <laughs> King Shark would probably be the star of the show, and it would be hard to look at Killer Croc again. He was a letdown, man. Yeah, wearing a lot of that, was, that, that movie. That whole movie was a letdown. Yeah. So. Here, I'll say one last thing before we move on to our final topic of the day: James Gunn's show Whiplash from the first Suicide Squad. Let's move on. You mean Slipknot? Yeah, dang it. <laughs> That's how little I care about that. Let's put it this way. Um, and you and I said it from day one. That character was only in that freaking movie to show us that they can blow their heads up. To die. Yeah. And we didn't even get it. to see it, really. He was the only other. Th- no, El Diablo died. But those El Diablo the died, only but El Diablo can, died yeah. by doing what he had to do. Yeah. But out of all of the it's called the suicide squad and only two people died. And one of them pretty much did nothing until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And the other one was just literally there for cannon fodder. Like, yeah. Just, just as opposed like to there. the new one where we're led to believe all these characters are going to be in the movie and stuff. And then the entire team save for the main team that we follow right. through the, for the, mo- the main movie plus flag coming with them. Which I really liked. I loved it, you mm. know, just boom, dead right off the bat. Well, because they marketed a lot of they them really being did. in it, you know. Yeah. Pete Davidson, how about five minutes in, your head gets blown off. Oh, that was great. I loved it. Anyways, <laughs> that's enough about the, the Suicide Squad spinoff and James Gunn talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Last but certainly not least, and you and I certainly have some opinions on this topic, Joker 2, following the hit um, Joaquin Phoenix, Todd Phillips um, film, Joker from 2019, right? Mm. Um, you know, a billion dollar movie. Yeah, very good movie, uh, all things considered. Um, something that we thought would just be a nice little standalone movie. Apparently, a sequel currently being referred to as Joker 2 is in development. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Joker 2 into the Electric Boogaloo. Into the into the Jokerverse. Yeah. Um so Jokerverse, not enough Jokers. So this is, uh, you know, the one of those stories that we just have to, you know, put a asterisk next to as you know, take with a grain of salt because this is coming from Heroic Hollywood, not one of you know, not the Hollywood Reporter, yeah, okay. not Variety, not Deadline, not. I will say Entertainment between Weekly. the time that you and I started this podcast back in twenty sixteen, fifteen, to now, you know, Heroic Hollywood at the time wasn't as prevalent uh, prevalent or at least looked upon as someone you can trust they have certainly uh, come around as as right i'll st- you know we'll still say yeah you know take it for what it is but um it's not like it quite used to be with them and so we'll see about this i mean know, they're batting we'll 100 see. with things that have already been announced so <laughs> yeah, i'll put it that yeah. way see the reason they got so good was they started waiting for everyone to announce stuff and then they would they're like hey 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 they're ahead of the game yeah, it's like that's why our podcast is so good. We only report the facts. They rediscovered the wheel, so they just ran with it. Um, rolled it, with it. Rolled with. There yeah. you go. Almost. You know what? I had it. You had but it. I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want to use it. Oh. Oh yeah. Um, I bet. <laughs> I didn't want to do a right sentence. Whatever. Uh, so this is from Heroic Hollywood. They said, um, according to an insider with knowledge of the Joker sequel, so reliable. Um, <laughs> Warner, uh, Warner Brothers has officially received the first draft of its script and the film will begin shooting sometime in 2020, 2023 plot, de- plot details are being kept in a cell at Arkham Asylum wow um, funny yeah I so I mean <laughs> sorry 
Do you want a no. joke or two? No. And and you know what? This is what I was t- saying. We have we both have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I don't, and it's because you and I agree, seem to agree, and we both seem we both seem to be on the same page about this. I don't think there's much more that needs to be said mm. um, with that character. I think that Arthur Fleck. Uh, as Joaquin played him, I thought it was a very well done story that can absolutely live on its own. Right. I thought there was the nice ambiguous ending, mm-hmm. um, even though it was kind of like even held back a bit where it's like, you know, he's walking down the hallway after his little shrink meeting and, and you're like, okay, was that story real? Was he just imagining it the whole time in there talking about it, this and that? He's walking down the hallway, but he's in a mental hospital. But he's got no, uh, you know, cuffs on. He's got blood on his feet. You're like, what is going right. on? And it ends. And it, it capped off what was a very good story for me. Like, I thought it was very well done. I thought, oh, how is this going to work? Why is this character interesting without Batman? But they did a good job mm-hmm. of creating a story in a world that made me interested. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you know, you and I have talked about this a bunch um, because everyone's inclination after a successful movie comes out is, will there be a sequel, this or that? I think from day one, you and I were like, no, don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't really want it. And I'm still very much in that mindset. Well, to me, you know, for a, a movie like, you're right. They they said everything you needed to say with the first, like, the solo Joker, I mean, movie took from the only solo Joker backstory that he has, which is the killing joke. We're kind of, you know, we got elements of that in the Joker movie where he's a failed comedian. He, you know, deals with, you know, I mean, well, in the Joker movie, he deals with like mental instability. And in the movie, he's just, um, or he, yeah, he, he does deal with, um, you know, no, no, in the comic book, he doesn't deal. With, he's just a down on his luck, um, failed comedian that's not in one iteration sure yeah that you know he has a pregnant wife and again this is all from the possibility of the backstory of the joker because they even even the killing joke they say that we don't know if he's telling truth or not yeah and and even he says it he's like yeah Mm. i think that's it no no he said um oh yes like if i prefer to be multiple choice exactly if if, uh, i have a you know history whatever i prefer to be multiple choice yeah because then he starts to kind it's kind of like what they did with the dark knight right where he tells multiple Story. He tells two time. stories, and he's about to tell a third about how he got his scars, and they're different. And you're like, "What is this guy right. about?" So it's kind of like that chaotic side to the Joker that ever you know that that he's kind of known for. So you know, this would remind if this movie does come out because again, I understand the um, the necessity that Warner Brothers has to make this movie because that made a billion dollars, especially for a rated R movie that only made or what was the production value of this movie? It, it couldn't oh, have I been couldn't like, tell you. It, it, I could definitely for sure tell you that this was not a hundred dollar, hundred million dollar movie. This was more along the lines of a lower, like 50 to $80 million budget. And when you make a billion dollars off of that, yeah, that's, that's something they're going to really streamline and make sure that they get a sequel cranked out quick so they can get that quick return. But right to me, this kind of reminds me of Deadpool, which is if you've seen Deadpool two, you've seen Deadpool one. You know, like sure. it's it's like it's the same kind of comedy. There's nothing that 
that the second Deadpool kind of, you know, bolsters, you know, th- there's nothing that it reintroduces, you know, or not it's, reintroduces, it's, but it's good as the first. It's fine. Yeah. Just as good. You know, I, I wouldn't say it was better or any, right. it, it was just Deadpool. It was just a Deadpool. It was funny. Doesn't mean it was bad, but I have a feeling that, you know, something the same isn't always needed or isn't, right. always, or it doesn't, it won't help or benefit anything. And I feel like if they do that with Joker too, well, what are they going to do? You know, like, and it, yeah, obviously Joker can succeed on its own because it did succeed on its own without right. the help of, you know, Batman. I mean, they had young Bruce Wayne, they had Thomas Wayne, they had Gotham city, but if you took all those elements out, it's just about a man, you know, plummeting into insanity pretty much. Um, and you know, y- you could, the, the time frame wouldn't line up for Batman to be in there. Like he would have to be old. Like you have to be like a sixty-year-old Joker just to even meet Batman. Like he would have to be a right. Jack Nicholson age, you know, to meet Batman. You know, and um, yeah, I I just don't see the necessity to make this movie. You know, uh, you know, I I get that it did well, but use that opportunity, uh, Warner Brothers, um, as not to just crank out another sequel, but you know, really consider what is quality writing or like what is a quality story, you know, and, and right. creativity and content. That way you don't have to worry about creating, you know, three, four, five, six movies. You know, you can just focus on like, okay, there's great. Let's see what Todd Phillips, what what else he's thinking, what else he might want to do with your DC characters and just yeah. say from the mind of the man who made the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix isn't like I, I, I remember he was in negotiations, rumored in negotiations with Marvel to be Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. That fell through because he didn't want to do a whole big franchise and be you know attached like Benedict Cumberbatch is to like 20 movies. So he's not that he's a character actor. He doesn't want to be doing the same thing over and over again. So that's like the big like if they can't get Joaquin Phoenix, honestly, the Joker movie is a is is a fine movie. There's like, OK, yeah. there's fine. There's great. and There's whatever. It's like a fine. It's it's it gets its job done. You know, yeah, it's a good movie. The thing that makes it memorable is Joaquin. I mean, if you were to, let's say they decided to move forward with the same type of movie, but they were like, you know what, Warner Brothers was, well, we want to keep this in the narrative, so we're, let's bring in Jared Leto, or let's you know bring in a new jo- Joker. But like, if you had, you know, Karen Moynihan or Jared Leto or whoever you know play the Joker in the Todd Phillips version, it would be a whatever it's, it's an okay movie. But the fact, what made that movie so great is the performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That's what elevated that movie to where, where it was. I feel if Joaquin Phoenix wasn't involved and didn't, if he didn't go all method with it, I don't think it would have been the, the phenomena it was. I don't think it would have gotten a billion dollars. You know, I don't think he, I mean, obviously he won an Oscar for it, you know, and that was pretty much it. I mean, I think it was nominated for best movie or something like that, but it, it other than that you know the you know the, the the only the two oscars that it got was best actor and the score or best you know soundtrack or best yeah best score yeah. so i mean and though and that score was fantastic it, it was it was great in and of itself but i i don't know you know if the passion would be because first of all todd phillips really advocated for this movie he's the one that kind of you know this was his baby. This was his thing that he was like, yep, I'm, I got to make this movie. I have an idea for it. I want taxi driver and clown makeup pretty much. And the big get was Joaquin Phoenix. And I feel like once Joaquin Phoenix was attached, they were like, okay, I'll see him 
you know, all engines ahead or whatever. Um, but if they're not as passionate, I think it will show in the quality of a, of a sequel to this movie. So um, we could be absolutely wrong too. This could be like the greatest, it could be like the Godfather or the dark Knight, where it just, it, it cranks it up to 11 and it becomes like yeah. better than the original. So it's yeah, one of totally. those movies that it could go one way or another way. Yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, if they do a second one, I'll go see it. Obviously. Right. I'm not going to be like, no, I didn't want it. So I'm not going to see it. I'll go see it. Um, do I think they need one? No. Is it probably going to happen? Yeah. Right. And I'll see it. And well, money talks. talk about it. Yeah. It does. And it's, you know, doing something for the sake of doing it because it made you money. Well, I mean, I get it. That's their job. Right. Is to get money for the studio. So it is what it is. If and when that puppy comes out, I'm sure we will talk about it here. Mm-hmm. Well, this uh, and this is not going to be attached to the Robert Pattinson stuff. So I no, mean, it is not. There's again, there you can throw that out the window. If if you know if the Batman, Robert Pattinson, the Batman, um, comes out and it's great, you know it. People are gonna do that thing where they're gonna advocate. You know, fans are gonna advocate. Bring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Pattinson. It's oh, like they've it, been doing it. Yeah, so it it wouldn't obviously the timeline wouldn't make sense. It just wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know because then you would have to reintroduce a new Batman, and we already have twenty of them. So it it just <laughs> doesn't make sense for those characters to meet. coexist or meet yeah. so yeah I, I i don't know i i don't know if you know they have so many great they have the harley quinn animated show they have you know the joker movie they have the new batman movie but then they have two other batman movies they have a standalone batgirl movie that's not con- and they're not connected to each other at all like none of them have to do with anything at yeah, the all. only and the only one that's that's existing multiple There's, times is keaton yeah which hasn't been batman in, since 1992 right so who knows what's I going know. on I, but I, I don't know as always we will be around to try to make sense of all of it for you loyal listeners but we're going to have to call it a do. It's not tonight. Call it quits there for you uh, while we wrap up big, this episode. Yeah, big, uh, big announcement. We're yeah. actually ending the podcast until next week. Yeah, until next week. Oh, he got you. He got, he got me. He got I you. I missed the you whole uh, on a roll thing joke, whatever, so I had to yeah, make it. Oh, boy. Yeah, you, well, you nailed that one. Yeah. So Thanks. Yeah. Well, as always, we will continue to bring you... All of the news that happens between now and our next episode. But until then, I have been your half host. I'm one host of two. Alex. And I have been the white filling to this Oreo, Esteban. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why do I got to be the outside? Why do I got to be the cookie pieces? That would make that seem like this will start a debate. Oh, wait, hold on. Even better. Yeah. I am the left Twix. <laughs> I'm the right Twix. No, you're also the left Twix. We have Whoa. to find our right Twix. Well, I don't I'm think kidding. I'm no. understanding Okay, so this. I'm the left Twix. You're the right Twix. Uh, we talked about this last week. I'm Remy. No, we're <laughs> doing a new thing now. Come on. <laughs> we're, I am... No, let's see. You're the white dragon. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Went from I can't think of a character from a superhero show I would want to be less <laughs> than that man. And it's so funny because it's the only thing that makes him synonymous with with the KKK is like you just like the the eye slits and that's pretty much it. But it looks like a it looks like a CW 
costume. It's kind of cheesy looking, it isn't is. it? But it is out of the comics. It's pretty yeah, good. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. But you know what? We're not gonna talk about that anymore. Okay. No. So, so I'm the left Twix. You're the right Twix. Sure. This is the what podcast? The Twix Factory podcast. In betwixt <laughs> the. Okay. Let's do this. Here's an idea. Let's just end the show like normal, regular human beings. That's not what it's tough. Our, to do. our our followers that gave us critiques on this last one said <laughs> that the best part of the episode was the end of the episode. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Marco. <laughs> Thanks for listening, buddy. Hey, you guys are funny at the end. Do Whoa. that more. Hey, I appreciate him. He's listening to us. I can't say the same for some other friends. True. Very true. So, hey, man, thank you. As one of our listeners, we appreciate you. And as always, I am Alex. I'm Esteban. And this is the Partners in Crime podcast, and we will catch you cats on the flip-flop later. Good night, Gotham. <laughs>